else loves this time of year? It's spooky season, and it's unfortunately coming to an end. So I wondered what would be the best topics for a very special Halloween-themed episode. And ghosts tend to be the center of attention as we approach Halloween, so I was wondering what's scarier than relationship ghosting? So I'll be sharing some ghost stories and when it's okay, why people do it, and what you can say if you're really seeking closure. Also, I'm a firm believer that you're never too old to dress up for Halloween, so I'll be chatting about costumes and the psychology behind sexual roleplay. I don't think there's ever been a topic on my Instagram story that was so divisive. I mean, people either loved it or they thought it was really cringy, and people were actually surprised and changed their minds sometimes when they read more about it. So I asked my wonderful Instagram audience, and some gave me some very scary stories about ghosts and some kind of juicy stories about costumes that I'll be sharing at the end. I'm your host, Birna, and I'm a sex educator. I deal with topics at the intersection of health, culture, and sexuality. I answer questions ranging from the health-related to the raunchy. This is Beyond the Bedroom. So for those of you who are not up to date on the lingo, ghosting is when you stop talking to somebody randomly or just stop responding or reaching out to somebody that you've been dating. You can kind of professionally ghost someone, I guess, too, but usually when people talk about ghosting, it's like someone just peaced out, left them on red, so to speak, or just started ignoring them. So on my Instagram poll, the results showed that most people who voted had been ghosted and even more of them admitted to ghosting someone. And I say admit because you never know if somebody just doesn't want to look bad. These are not like anonymous to me. They're anonymous when I share the results, but you never know who's going to admit it or not. But a lot of you did. So kudos to you. So why do people ghost? There's a lot of reasons, and I know for myself, a lot of the times if I just kind of left someone hanging, it's because I either felt harassed or they just didn't get the hint. And sometimes in my past, I wasn't sure how to tell somebody that I didn't want to see them anymore, especially if I was afraid of their reaction. I internalize people's reactions a lot. So my audience told me that they had a lot of the same types of reasons why they ghosted somebody. So during quarantine especially, communication is already hard to manage. Or somebody wouldn't take the hint and they tried to be direct, but only not responding was working in that situation. Other people said, I felt uncomfortable or bothered and I just didn't have the energy to be like, hey, can you stop? It was just not worth my time, which I get. Somebody who kept ignoring my boundaries, someone who's way too persistent. And one that we don't really talk about often is this one follower of mine said, it was a really toxic relationship and I got manipulated back in every time we spoke. I personally don't even think that that should be called ghosting. And in my opinion, that's just no contact tactic with a toxic person. Wow, that's a tongue twister or just protecting your energy. They don't need an explanation because you don't really owe them one at that point. And if you know that once you start talking to that person, you're going to get sucked back in, sometimes it's best to just have no contact. Other people just said they just weren't feeling it anymore. They weren't interested and it's either because they just didn't know what to say to that person 
or the talking dating stage hadn't gone on long enough for them to really have anything to say. And I'd argue that sometimes this isn't really ghosting, it's just kind of mutually pulling back, which happens and that's normal. I think we've done a lot of this weird like, it's super bad to ghost all the time, but there's definitely instances that it's okay and it just happens. But for some people, they say that confrontation is the reason. They just didn't know how to communicate their feelings without making them feel bad, or they had social anxiety, or they were afraid the person would blow up on them. And I get it. I mean, it's hard to not take on someone's reaction. And especially if you have history with that person where they did do this thing, it's hard to, or someone else for that matter, and you're afraid of that happening again. It's hard to distance yourself from that reality, but it's it's hard to not do that, and I get that, but there are instances where sometimes you should just tell somebody because it's better than just lingering, and I'll get to that in a second. Other reasons were it's indecisiveness about if it was going to work out, or as someone said, just a sense of disgust over that person. They just either violated you in some type of way, or like they sent a dick pic or something, or they did something that you were just like, oh, like maybe you just didn't politically align with them at all, or you just found something out about that person and you just lost respect for them. I'd argue that this is like case by case and I am not the moral police here, but you know, in some instances it's okay to be like, hey, I saw that you're into XYZ and I'm not. And for those reasons, I'm going to step away. Maybe that person will like attack you, but at that point, like you can just block them. But I get it because for a lot of people, especially for women or for people that are more feminine in society or perceived that way, it's scary because you never really know how someone's going to react, right? So that's why we give out fake numbers. That's why we use the buddy system. It's not really as black and white like, oh, I can stand up for myself every time or tell someone why. Because, I mean, the reality is that it doesn't always go as planned. So there's also reasons like some people ghost after just a horrible date and someone told me that on a first date, the guy wanted them to get matching tattoos after a dinner at Applebee's. Um, You know, and it's good to practice communicating what you need and expect from certain people, including when you want to go separate ways. However, some situations you just need to walk away. I think it's safe to say that if somebody straight off the bat wants to do something that you're not comfortable with and is really pushy, that's a red flag, for example. And it's okay to just be like, uh, I'm just not gonna, I'm not gonna even waste my energy anymore. And a horrible ex of mine once sent me this super angry voicemail trying to guilt me and saying that I ghosted him after our breakup, but I told him that I didn't want any contact and I had promised myself no contact and I'm pretty proud of myself for sticking with that. And I knew what the consequence would be if I responded to him and he was a vicious person and I didn't owe him an explanation. Some people will try to guilt you into this and if you are dealing with somebody who has in some way violated your boundaries, it's okay to walk away without giving them an explanation. I just want to make that very clear because there is a lot of guilt and people will say, oh, well, they ghosted me. Well, did they or were you a manipulative person? I mean, you know, it goes both ways. However, in some instances... Things are going seemingly well, and a person might literally just disappear out of the blue. 
And I had some friends tell me that when this happened, the other person was already in a relationship and peaced out when their significant other caught on. And this happens pretty often. There's also this instance where like something personal might come up in that person's life and they isolated from anybody, but it doesn't always have to be shady behavior. I know that it can be hard to not feel closure. And it can sound cliche, but we can really decide when to be done with somebody without needing closure physically from them. In some cases for people, they say it helps a lot. And for some people, they're like, oh, I really regret it. It just opened the wound up again. Sometimes people use it as an excuse to see that person one last time or hang on to somebody who doesn't really deserve our love or energy anymore. It can be healing to let go without needing somebody else's validation. It hurts and it's not always easy, but it is a good challenge in terms of trusting yourself. Sometimes people do this thing also where they ghost and then they'll like watch your story on Instagram or like like your stuff, but they never texted you back and I know like a lot of my friends complain about this because they're like I don't get it were they just leading me on after we had sex they just disappeared they didn't want to hang out again but they're keeping me like in the rotation and if you suspect that that's going on and you don't really mind you just wanted to hook up just talk to that person and tell them hey I'm really not looking for a relationship and if you just want to keep things really casual or no strings attached just let me know sometimes people will be like oh that's a relief but But on the flip side, I would say if somebody doesn't have the respect to just tell you what's going on, so if it's not like they're nervous to tell you or something, it's just they don't care, I would reevaluate if that person is really worth your time. And if you're stressing over if this person likes you and they're ignoring you, chances are they probably don't like you that much. Or they might and you might not want to be with somebody who's already disappointing you, right? So somebody asked me, is it wrong to ghost someone after sex if they were expecting a relationship? And I did a little follow-up with this person, as I often do, and they told me that, and I appreciate this honesty, because a lot of us do things, and it's, it's hard to reflect on them and be like, hmm, maybe this is not the healthiest behavior. So I really appreciate this person for asking me this. And again, I'm not a therapist, but this podcast is just more of a deeper take on my personal opinion on things rather than my job as an educator. Also, I'm not going to act again as the moral police here, but if you feel bad about doing this, then maybe you should evaluate your motivations. They told me that they tend to lead people on and pretend they want a relationship, but deep down they know that they're just trying to hook up. I asked them why they felt the need to do that and eventually it boiled down to they felt a kind of shame for asking just for hookups when that's really what they wanted because they're working on themselves and they feel like it's not fair to take on a relationship when they're already going through so much. And I said there there are people that are going to want to just hook up and if you keep your expectations managed and deal with feelings if they do come up, it is possible and there's always a risk that somebody's going to get hurt but at least everything's out in the open. It's a lot easier to manage that way. I also told them that the more guilt you feel, the more stress it can cause. So let's think about some ways that you can avoid doing this in the future. 
And if you're worried about somebody being mad at you for not wanting to see them again, this is something that you should just assess the pros and cons, right? I personally would rather say, hey, I'm not feeling this. Or, I appreciate our time together, but I just don't see this going anywhere further. Rather than just ignoring them, because for me personally, I start to think in the back of my mind, are they going to get upset with me? And I can't not internalize that. I need to do something and stop myself from internalizing it before that kind of snowballs. If they get mad in the moment, I can handle it or accept it and we can both move on. And if I, like I said, if I just ignore someone, it could be a lingering feeling. And I find that people also tend to have more respect if you're just honest. This isn't always true though, because some people just get angry at rejection, period. And that's on them. Sometimes we take on this responsibility of other person's feelings, but we're also told that if we don't, we're being selfish. But I find it more selfish to ignore somebody and not give them at least some answers if my motivation is just they didn't do anything wrong, I'm just not feeling this, or I just don't vibe with them completely, and it's okay to tell them that. Sometimes we are honest and we say, I don't want to keep doing this, and the person doesn't handle it well, and they keep being persistent. There really is only so much you can take before you shut them out. And like I said, don't feel guilty about setting a boundary. If you say, I don't want to keep talking about this because I feel like there's not more to say, and the other person doesn't respect that and is persistent, they're starting to violate your boundary. So it's a complex issue because sometimes we should tell the people out of respect and sometimes we do need no contact because of respect for ourselves. But getting back to the original question here, after talking with this person, they realized that the reason that they were in this cycle of hooking up with people and ghosting is because they weren't being honest with themselves. And as a result, they were not being honest with the people that they were hooking up with. They realized that the people they hooked up with deserved better than that. And they also realized that there's nothing wrong with seeking sex outside of the typical relationship model. And that serial monogamy, in this case for them, was actually doing more harm than good. So if you find yourself in this cycle of ghosting people, maybe evaluate your reasons for getting into those situations to begin with. So if you tend to over-romanticize the situation, so if you put on those rose-colored glasses on the first date and you tend to say, wow, this person's amazing, I can't wait for a future with them, and then after, you know, a couple weeks of getting to know them, you're like, wait, how did I not see all this stuff that really irritates me? It might be because you kind of jump the gun. And that could be because you just really want something to work out. And that's not a bad thing. But like I said, this theme here, managing our expectations, is really important. So I want to also touch on a very fun part of Halloween. (laughs) And one of my favorite things to do is dress up. I loved Halloween growing up. I always loved like a Halloween parade and getting to dress up. And as an adult, I loved going to Halloween parties in New York, especially when Halloween was on a weekend. And I didn't always wear like a sexy costume. Sometimes I wore a funny one. I think a lot of people think that I want to be like sexy all the time because my job is a sexuality educator, but that's definitely not the case. And the people in my life know that I don't take myself super seriously. It kind of looks like I do online, but in reality, I really don't. So as for like costumes for sex, sometimes they can 
feel really cringy even to me and part of my work is to like evaluate the stuff that I find cringy because I don't want to educate on something that I don't like and it's it's definitely like tricky because what I find maybe uncomfortable in my personal life, I can totally separate that when I talk about these things for other people. So when I'm giving out advice or educating on a topic, a lot of people are like, oh, well, she must know about that because she's an expert on it because she does it all the time. But that's definitely not the case. That being said, I love to wear sexy stuff sometimes. I love like letting somebody pick something out for me, like a partner knowing where I keep all my like really really sexy lingerie and then putting together like an outfit for me is so much fun so and I've definitely done that before and it's worth a try if you if your love language is like acts of service for example I love that and I asked my Instagram audience if they've ever worn a costume for a partner and about half the people who responded said yes. And some of the people that said no actually were like, actually, now that I think about it, I did wear a costume because I put together like a makeshift Halloween costume and it was some of the best sex ever. And I got a couple more respondents like that, like, oh, I actually do remember one time I went to a Halloween party with my boyfriend and it was some of the best sex we ever had, but we never really went further and I think that's so fun to reflect on so it can be fun to wear something especially sexy because if your partner values the visual aspects of your sex life it can be a total game changer and the costumes don't always have to be the typical like nurse teacher or like other cliches although those can be fun it can be fun to consider a costume or dressing up like what would my sexual alter ego wear to bed what would my sexual alter ego wear to seduce somebody and it's like that beyonce sasha fierce thing like what would my alter ego wear if she wanted to what's that samantha jones quote from sex in the city oh yeah I need to I need to buy something that will make a man come in his pants as soon as he sees me. <laughs> so something like that. It can be fun. And another one to consider, like what would I wear or not wear if I was doing a sexy photo shoot for my partner or even for myself? What can I wear that helps add to a fantasy that we're playing out? So even if it's like a different perfume or doing your hair a totally different way or wearing something of theirs, like that's something that a lot of people do, something that can add to this fantasy. And sometimes the details are really noticeable for people. And it actually is a type of fantasy on its own to wear costumes and it's considered novelty, which is a type of category of fantasies. And if you haven't read it yet, the book by Justin Lemiller, I believe it's called Tell, Tell Me What You Want. Let me look that up real quick. Yeah, Justin Lemiller, Tell Me What You Want is all about sexual fantasies, why we have them, and it's a really great read if you are interested in like the science behind fantasies and the science behind sex. So I think a lot of people get turned on by just the concept of novelty and a man in a maid's costume, like a little French maid outfit has become like a trend online, especially on TikTok recently. And a lot of people are doing it as a joke, but I guarantee you that a lot of them are also really getting off on this. 
It can also be a chance to wear something that you find sexy and it's like the only time a lot of people give themselves permission to do something a little bit outside of their normal sex life is if they're like in a costume. Like wearing a full body fishnet is not everyone's first pick for going out attire, although it can be for some people. But as a part of a costume, you can embrace it and you can maybe let loose a little bit more. And I know couples, especially during quarantine, that have picked out outfits for each other to wear or like ordered online and done like an unboxing. And I think that's so fun as like a surprise. So, you know, if you're still in quarantine with a partner, that could be something fun to try. I know that a lot of people just to be honest, are afraid of being seen as slutty. And there is a friend of mine who I just thought was always like so comfortable with herself that she always wore like the funny costume during Halloween. And she said to another friend of mine who always wears something like really sexy, she was like, to be honest, I just like don't think I could pull that off. And then they swapped costumes and she was like, oh my God, I've never felt better. And she was like, I know the male gaze is strong right now, but I just, I feel really good. And I got a couple replies that said that they would love to wear something like a corset or a latex outfit, but they're afraid that their partner will see them as too slutty. I won't get into the entire Madonna whore complex. As John Mulaney says, we don't have time to unpack all of that, but I do have to ask, If you're afraid of being too sexual with your sex partner, maybe just talk it out. Easier said than done, I know. But ask them first if they'd be into it, or you can even put it on, take a photo of yourself, and like show it to them and be like, would you want me to wear this in bed? And if they're even a little shy about admitting it, it might be safer for them to talk about it if you're feeling empowered. So if you literally just show them and you're like, I would love to wear this for you, yes or no, it's something that might like push some people away, but depending on your partner, they might be like, oh my God, I thought you would never ask. So it just depends. Also, you're not too much for the person that thinks that you're enough. I don't know if I'm paraphrasing or quoting somebody, but that's a quote that's really helped me. So take what you will. And some people might think it's cringy or cheesy or cliche, And I was one of those people. I did not get what the appeal was for a long time. And then I realized that it can just be fun and it adds, you know, to the routine. It just shakes it up a little bit and it doesn't have to be so serious. I don't need to wear some type of cheesy spirit Halloween store costume, although that can be fun too. And I think that this weird portrayal that we get about role play and dress up in general is not just from porn, which can be so hilariously cringy, I know, but it's also the way that is depicted in more just like mainstream popular media. And notice that a lot of sexual concepts that aren't fully understood due to erotophobia are often depicted as something that they really aren't. Just as an example, like BDSM only being chains and whips when technically choking and light spanking does count. Or, you know, role play is often depicted as something corny, like you're trying too hard or has to play on the same types of power dynamics, but it can be like switching roles with a partner or playing up alter egos. So it doesn't always have to fall into what you might initially think it is. 
A lot of role play really is just exploring power dynamics while heightening the stakes. So if your partner is already more dominant, taking on a situation in which the stakes are raised can make it feel a little bit more real, and it kind of goes into that kinky or BDSM territory. Switching your power dynamics in a situation which it makes sense to do so can also be a safe way to explore how those power dynamics feel for you because it's a little removed from your actual relationship. So if your partner usually takes the lead, so to speak, it can be fun to swap roles and see how that feels. If they're usually like telling you what to do or moving you around a lot, switching it and talking about it beforehand and and talking about what you're about to do but switching it up can be a way to kind of escape reality of what usually happens and and explore what else is possible so we give ourselves permission to do things that we've always wanted when we're more distanced from our daily lives and it can help people feel comfortable in their power dynamic when they take on a role that they feel fits that situation and there's a lot of common tropes that we see in these roles that are you know those role play depictions in the media so the reason that people fantasize about teachers is because they're in charge of you. And nurses are seen as like these ultimate caretakers and you're often also taking orders from them. And maids or secretaries are seen as more submissive because they're employees and therefore they take orders from a higher up. So all of these are about power dynamics and they're all just different takes on that dominant submissive roles in society that you can act out sexually. There's also situational role plays where people can feel turned on due to the personalities that emerge. So for example, the naughty librarian, which is like a common one, it's because librarians are so stereotypically like modest and quiet that anyone that's doing the opposite, that can be exciting for some people because it's so unexpected. And a lot of things that humans find sexually arousing are simply due to how unexpected they are. So a lot of fantasies are actually forms of role play. And there are values that can also play a part in role play. So if you're not a very like innocent person playing up your innocence with a partner in terms of like oh I don't know if I want to remove my sweater just even something like that can turn people on not because they don't like you just because it's unexpected so it's not that they think that your regular sexual personality is too much it's just you're doing the unexpected which ironically is what makes things funny to humans too usually like the unexpected result of something or like irony those things can actually turn people on as well so there are people that get turned on by the thought of getting pregnant for example even if they're on birth control and so they might act out this fantasy in bed and that has to do with values too so there's people that have all kinds of fetishes that they act out like punishment or submission whether they knowingly are role-playing or not so some people actually have a cleaning fetish and even without that you know french made costume they can act this out as like an acts of service fetish by taking on different personalities than what they're used to by doing daily tasks and making them more sexual so there's a lot of psychology behind this but mostly it's about the unexpected and playing around with pushing the boundaries on the values that we're either taught to have or that we have naturally 
Some monogamous people also find it exciting to role play that they're with someone else so that they're exploring with new partners. And especially during quarantine and throughout this whole year, there's people that took on forms of role play because maybe they were open and because of quarantine, they changed those relationship barriers or boundaries. So that might mean changing their physical appearance or persona. And as I mentioned online, it was a funny and sexy kind of anticipation to pretend to be strangers at a bar with my partner once. And I actually learned something new about them and I got to see their pickup game because we were actually like friends before we got together. So they never really did that with me. So it was actually really fun to see that part of them. It kind of rekindled our chemistry and gave us an excuse to flirt harder. So if you're looking for something to start with, and it can be hilarious, like I know on like Parks and Rec, April Ludgate's personality, where she like role played as this high society British woman, I don't even know, but like it can be hilarious, but it can also just be like you two as yourselves and you haven't met yet. And it's the kind of role play I can get behind because there's really no pressure. But as with everything, I don't recommend bringing up role play with your partner, even if you do want to try it, if the thought alone makes you really anxious or embarrassed, because it kind of needs a level of trust and intimacy, and often it kind of requires a sense of humor about it to make it work. And it can go from a fun activity to a really stressful one very quickly if you're having any doubts. So some of my followers cringe pretty hard at roleplay, but after I went through it a bit on my story, they had a change of heart. And it can be hard to distance yourself from the cliche and the tacky, but I find that when we talk about these things and take off some of the pressure, we have a lot more room to explore. So some ghost stories and also some juicy stories about costume and role play that you all shared with me. One person said, my boyfriend dressed as a firefighter and did a striptease for me after I had a brutal midterm. I honestly loved that he remembered that it was like a teenage dream of mine and we found it so hilarious. We didn't take it super seriously, but it was so sexy because the fact that he would do that for me and show his magic mic moves made me love him even more. And she said 10 out of 10. (laughs) Another Instagram friend shared with me that I swapped clothes with this guy I had a crush on while at a birthday party at a bar. He spent hours in my leopard mini dress, even though he couldn't fit into my heels. I wore a sort of beret. And yes, we ended up spending the night together after this. And, you know, I kind of relate because I had some of the best sex ever after my boyfriend at the time let me do his makeup. (laughs) Maybe it's some sort of being so comfortable with their sexuality or trusting me or switching things up. I'm not sure, but I love it. Another person said, I want to try role play, but I know that if it's with the wrong person, it would be a cringe fest. So I wait patiently. And then another friend of mine said that she finally found someone to act out a period piece role play with her, which is so fun. And she was like, I just wanted it to be Pride and Prejudice style. I wanted to wear a corset and everything. And they did it with me. And it was really funny, but also low key, the sexiest thing I've ever done. So Another person said, I tried it for the first time and realized the psychological aspect of sex is the hottest part for me. So for some ghost stories at the very end here, I I love this story and my friend tells it all 
the time, but she said, I ghosted a guy after he asked me out to dinner and then he took me to the corner store to heat up a sandwich for himself. And this is so funny to me because people will be like, oh, you didn't tell him what you needed. You didn't manage your expectations, etc. But hello, he said he would take her out to dinner and then heated up a sandwich for himself. So this was definitely also not a matter of what he could afford because I know who this was. But this was just testing how low the bar was for her. So goodbye. <laughs> and one last ghost story. I made out with someone at the company office party. They wouldn't not take the hint when I said I wasn't interested and I stopped responding to their endless texts. We unfortunately worked in the same building and so she sent me a photocopy of her boobs through the mailroom and it ended up on my office. I didn't know what to do, so I just folded it and put it in my pocket, afraid that someone would see it in the trash. I forgot about it and dry cleaned my pants, and the dry cleaner left it in a clear plastic bag attached to my clothes. So I don't even know where to begin with that, but I'm kind of glad that you ghosted this person. At the same time, I'm like, if you took this to HR, like how would you even explain this one? So that's why I don't hook up with my coworkers. <laughs> it's always messy. It's always messy. I mean, unless you like end up together forever, I guess, but in a lot of cases, it's very messy. So with that, I hope you all have a very happy Halloween and I am sending all my love from Iceland. If you have a question or want to hear more, you can head to my website, which is birna.net or you can reach out to me on Instagram at bbirna. I post some articles about roleplay and ghosting and I'll get more into this on my website. So I hope to see you there. <laughs>